This is Mr. Biz Radio, sponsored by Capital Plus. Over the next half hour, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth, a two-time national best-selling author and leading business advisor, will cover topics that help business owners operate their businesses more profitably and more efficiently. If you're ready to take your business to the next level, this program is for you. And now, here's Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. All right, welcome to another episode of Mr. Biz Radio. Me, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth, and I got one for you this week, guys. So let me paint a little picture for you. How many of you out there listening right now, if you're anything like me, you get up, you're in the house, you're doing this, that, and the other, and you go, oh, man, you get this thought, and you say, man, I got to go do X, Y, Z. You leave the office, you walk into the kitchen or wherever, another room in your house, and all of a sudden you get in the room, you look around, and you're completely puzzled, and you go, why the hell did I even come into this room? I know I had a reason. I know I, right. You can't even remember, you know, something that was 30 seconds ago and you forget. And I'm like, you know, thinking about it, like, holy crap, what the heck is wrong with me? Like, am I starting to get Alzheimer's? Like what the heck is going on here? Well, uh, as you guys know, I've mentioned before, I'm part of uh, Jesse Itzler's 30 days of excellence group. And he had our guest this week as a speaker in that group, and I was so blown away by him. And I said, man, I got to get this guy on Mr. Biz Radio because it's absolutely fascinating, the things I learned from him and his you know, 60 to 90 minutes in Jesse's group. Um, and so we've got him this week on our show. And so this week, he's a four-time USA memory champion, one of the leading memory experts in the world. He travels around the world as a competitive memory athlete, memory consultant, published author, and highly sought-after keynote speaker. As a memory champion, mountaineer, and Alzheimer's disease activist, he preaches a lifestyle that combines fitness, both mental and physical, with proper diet and social involvement. In a short period of time, he transformed into one of the leading competitive memorizers in the world, claiming four U.S. titles along the way, the elite grandmaster of memory title, as well as a number of U.S. memory records. Now, get this, guys, right? I just told you that, you know, I, I walk into a room. I can't remember what the hell I walked in a room for. Listen to some of the, I'm just going to mention a couple of them. There's a whole bunch of them listed here. Memorizing the most names in 15 minutes. Now, how many, how many names could you memorize in 15 minutes, right? And don't judge me because I couldn't remember what the hell I went in the room for, right? Uh, he, he memorized 235 names in 15 minutes. Uh, most, words, most words in 15 minutes, 255 words. Uh, this guy is absolutely amazing. I am completely honored to have him on. And by the way, I should mention, He's also a movie star because he's on, if you guys have Netflix, go out and check it out, Memory Games. As a prepping for the show, I went out and watched it. He's, he's one of the stars of the show. There's basically three people that they chronicle during this, uh, it's about a 90-minute long uh, movie about, uh, about memory games. It's called Memory Games. It's about leading up to the world championships uh, in memory games in Indonesia. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Nelson Dellis. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So again, this guy is absolutely amazing, a uh, memory champion. So tell us, uh, tell us how you got into that. So I, the story I think is really cool. And it, it, again, it speaks to entrepreneurialism as well. Yeah, you know, I, um, I, I never had in my mind uh, that this was going to be my career path uh, when I was younger. And in fact, I never really had a memory that you would have taken note of the <laughs> memory champion level uh, memory. But um, memories started to become something of an interest to me, um, kind of watching my grandmother struggle with Alzheimer's disease. Um, and she eventually uh, passed away from complications due to the disease. That was in 2009. And that just kind of opened the door for me. I was 
kind of fascinated and hell bent on figuring out ways so that the same thing wouldn't happen to me. And that kind of led me down this rabbit hole of learning about the history of techniques, memory techniques, um, the competitions where people use them to the extreme. And uh, I was like, I want to do that. I want to see if I can harness that. And, you know, I didn't even think I would win, but I wanted to compete at a high level and got hooked on it. And it's, it's this superpower that you kind of unlock that, you know, anybody can have. And it's kind of an addictive feeling when you know that you can have that uh, at your, your fingertip. Yeah, it's super cool. And I should mention, guys, during the third segment, you know, we always get tips from our guests. So he's going to demonstrate and, and kind of walk us through something that he did on, on Jesse Itzler's uh, group that I found just absolutely amazing. And I've used it since then. It's called a memory palace. And I'm telling you, I promise you it will help you remember stuff. Because, again, I've used it subsequent. It is absolutely amazing. Uh, and, and I should also mention, so you, you go, oh, this guy's a memory champion and all that stuff. Look, here's the thing. This guy, I mentioned, he's a mountaineer. This guy's climbed Everest three times. All right? So, again, <laughs> super unique guy. Uh, Nelson, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I guess I fell into a lot of my uh, my recent accomplishments uh, kind of at the same time. I guess it was a point in my life where I really decided to change things and and, and really make the most of what I was doing. And so I got into mountaineering around the same time. Um, I guess there was this theme that, you know, I wanted to make my life memorable and I didn't want to lose those memories. So I was kind of working at those memories, like building some experiences, building my life resume. I guess I didn't know that I was doing that at the time, but that's what I was doing. And um, building out, the strengthening my memory so that I wouldn't forget them. And, um, you know, I started taking some mountaineering courses kind of got into it. And then I just wanted more. I wanted to push myself higher and uh, higher and harder. And um, eventually that set my eyes on Everest. And that I remember thinking about Everest the first time I was like, how do I, there's no way that a guy like me could even get in a position to attempt it. And uh, I found a way and, and I, I raised money. I saved money. It's really expensive and it takes a lot of time, but I, I you know, I became of the mindset that, you know, if I want something, I can figure it out. And that's what happened with that. And um, same with the my memory career as well. Yeah. And I'll tell you guys, I don't want to give too much of the movie on Netflix again, memory games away. But one of the things I found quite interesting, Nelson, as I was watching it is uh -huh. towards the beginning of the movie, they're kind of, again, chronicling uh, sort of Nelson and two other people from primarily the three of them, their journey towards uh, the world championships of, of memory memory games and they show uh nelson at the u.s championships when he won his fourth and what i found interesting about it and again this is going to show what a numbers nerd i am nelson but okay he didn't just like the very first uh event they had they announced the winners and he didn't just win so nelson uh the, the measurement they had he had done 220 of the guy in second place right second place in an event at the u.s championships had 125 like it wasn't like 220 to 215. It wasn't 220 to 208. It was 220 to 125. Like, it, <laughs> yeah. I, was like, I literally rewound it. I was like, I had to have heard that wrong. Like, what the hell? <laughs> uh, super cool. Uh, but you guys got to check it out. It's, it's very interesting. Uh, all three people, very different, but seeing their pathways. And, and only one, Nelson's uh, from the U.S., obviously. 
Other two are not from the U.S. So it was interesting to see. And then especially once they got there to Indonesia and kind of the things they went through and all that kind of stuff uh, as part of being uh, participants in the uh, World Championships of Memory Games. Super, super interesting. Again, this week we're talking with Nelson Dallas. Check out more about what he's got going on at NelsonDallas.com. Um, you can follow him on Instagram. It, he's um, uh, N-E-L-Z-O-R. Been following him on there since he's been in Jesse's. Twitter is Climb for Memory, and we're going to talk about that. He has a nonprofit we're going to talk about. And he's, uh, you know, on YouTube, kind of a big deal. Uh, so following he's got <laughs> I a channel. Know, on, I'm working at it. Yeah, on YouTube. No, he's got all kind of cool stuff on YouTube. Nelson Dallas is his channel name. Um, you could see him solve uh, Ruby's Cube blindfolded. He learns Morse code in 15 minutes. Um, how to read a book in a day and remember it. He walks through all that. Memorizing a recipe using Goodfellas. I mean, super, super cool stuff. So we're going to hit a break here. We'll come back, continue talking with Nelson Dulles. Business owners have a continually growing to-do list with little time for revenue-producing activities. With Check Off Your List and their experienced team of virtual assistants, you can focus on growing your business. Visit checkoffyourlist.com to learn how Check Off Your List's skilled team can handle your day-to-day tasks like social media, bookkeeping, calendar maintenance, and much more. Contact Check Off Your List at checkoffyourlist.com or call 888-262-1249 to see how their virtual assistants can help you live to work rather than work to live. Thank you for listening to Mr. Biz Radio. Did you know our show airs seven days a week for more than 30 hours now? If you are in the B2B space and would like to reach thousands of business owners every week, including our more than 250,000 social media followers, our thousands of daily internet radio listeners, our email list fans, and Mr. Biz Solutions members, email us at info at MrBizSolutions.com to become a sponsor. Tap into Mr. Biz Nation to help grow your business. To submit questions to the show, email them to info at MrBizSolutions.com. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. All right, welcome back to the show, and it's time for the Mr. Biz Tip of the Week, and this one's very business-specific, um, but it's a little blunt, blunt as well. Um, other than being in the food services industry, if, you, if your net profit margin for your business is less than 10%, congratulations, you have a hobby, not a business. You, there's no way that you should have a net profit margin less than 10%. Again, food industry, completely different, super tight margins there, but... If your margins are that low, you are working way too hard unnecessarily. Something is not working right in your business. You got to get that checked out um, and, uh, you know, get, get, a, get a professional in to be able to help you with that because that is, those, are, those numbers are absolutely crazy. You should be uh, definitely, doesn't matter what industry other than food industry, should be much, much better than that. So uh, definitely check that out. That is Mr. Biz tip of the week this week. And again, let's get back into talking with this week's guest, Nelson Dallas. So, Nelson, before we go any further into all this cool stuff, I want to talk about, well, not that this isn't cool, it's super cool. I love how you started a nonprofit and combined your two sort of passions of the last 10 years or so uh, with your nonprofit of Climb for Memory. Right. Yeah. It, um, you know, it was something that, well, first of all, I mean, I was, I, I wanted to get, I had gone on this journey. I had discovered so much about my memory and memory in general, and I was constantly shocked at how little people knew about, for one, the disease, uh, Alzheimer's, and, and two, just brain health in general and any of these memory techniques. Nobody happened to know about them. And so that just kind of said, okay, I, I got to get this out there in whatever form I can. 
and, you know, bring it back to the, the cause the reason why I started, which was my grandmother and Alzheimer's. So I thought one of the things I was getting into, right, was mountaineering. I thought maybe I could turn some heads because, you know, who was I? I, I mean, I hadn't won a championship yet. I was in the circuit, but uh, I wasn't at the top yet. And I thought, you know, let me aim for Everest. Let me make that kind of the first big um, event that we do that maybe people turn their head and, and at least learn, learn something about Alzheimer's and and that's kind of what happened. And it kind of evolved from there and just made sense. You know, I was doing what I loved on many levels and, and bringing it back to what got me started. And I, I thought it was a really good kind of circular synergy there, you know? Yeah, for sure. So what's the easiest way if people want to check that out and, and maybe even make a donation? What's the easiest way for people to do that? Yep. So climbformemory.org, uh, um, just spelled out that way. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can make donations there um, every. So one of the things that when I started out, you know, it was a one man show. I was raising money and then finding, you know, big nonprofits uh, that help support Alzheimer's or bring awareness. And I would kind of donate a portion here, a portion there. Um, but now I, I really try to find um, kind of unique endeavors into Alzheimer's research and, and try to put the money there, um, you know, these, these big companies, like, well, I'm not going to name any, but um, <laughs> they, you know, they do a great job of raising awareness, but sometimes I'm not so happy. Like I want to see that money go to results. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Even if it's like crazy research that may lead to nothing, I'd rather see money go there than anywhere else. So that's what I kind of look for when people make donations um, in terms of how I raise money now um, before it was these big trips that um, I'd go on by myself and kind of, try to get people to, to join along, um, you know, from their armchairs. But now I, I run trips once or twice a year. This year has been kind of an exception um, mm -hmm. to reasonable, doable mountains that other people can join me physically on, like Kilimanjaro, uh, Everest Base Camp Trek. And um, what I love about that is it ties back into what Jesse's all about, which is you can come help climb for a cause um, and you're actually building your life resume by doing something that is totally epic. That's on your bucket list, <clears throat> and you're you're making a memorable experience for yourself. That's that's really what I love about this. So, yeah, yeah. No, I think it's super cool how you combine both of those together, and and you know for good, uh, obviously. And so I, I think it's super cool, and I, I totally understand what you're saying about you know you do have to be careful, and I hate to be uh, sign a, sort of a little bit uh, have some cynicism, but you know with some of these larger uh, you know, organizations, I hear you. I mean, you, you start, especially if someone like me, a big numbers nerd, financial person, you start digging into the financials and you're like, wait a minute, how much is actually getting to a cause? Like how exactly, much is yeah, actually exactly. getting into helping someone and how much is being spent on a bunch of BS that's not really getting to the you know people who need the help. So yeah, uh, I think that's super important. So tell us, um, so again, I, as I mentioned, you got to check out his YouTube channel, all sorts of cool things. And, and I will tell you, so we're, we're after the break in the third segment, he's going to teach us how to memorize stuff. Um, and it's, I'm telling you, it's going to be super powerful. And it's actually kind of fun as well. And I think it ties into, well, I know it ties into, I mentioned uh, before how he showed a, a YouTube video on how to memorize a recipe using Goodfellas, the movie Goodfellas. And so I know that was the same sort of thing using a memory palace. And I know you didn't mention in the movie Memory Games about um, you have a memory palace or various memory palaces based on different mountains you've, you've climbed and stuff. So I think that's uh, super neat. But so how do you like one of the things you, you show on your YouTube channel is solving a Rubik's Cube blindfolded. 
Like, yeah. how the hell do you even go? Like, how, first of all, how do you even think like, oh, I got this great idea. I think I can solve a Rubik's Cube. Not just solve it, but I'm going to do it blindfolded. Like, well, I mean, first of all, I, I didn't invent the method. There are people who have spent many, many hours figuring out the best way to do that. Mm -hmm. um, there is a component of memory. Obviously, you got to remember where the pieces are. But um, a lot of it is just having a good strategy that's actually not that difficult. Um, and even <laughs> once you understand how the, the, the cube works and how the, the moves you got to do to solve it that way work, um, the memorization, to be honest, I know this sounds so silly to say it's it's I, I think it can be easier than um solving it normally um <laughs> believe it or not so you, you have to watch the video to kind of get the idea yeah 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 i, I don't want to give it away i, I did watch the video because i was like wait a minute what the hell is going on here uh super super cool but guys i'm telling you check it out again if you got netflix go out and check out memory games um you'll get you'll get a good taste of of nelson and his personality as well and a lot of different things and they actually show him um, during one of, on, while he's on Everest and um, yeah. doing some games with his Sherpa. And there's actually a cool scene where uh, he's with friends in a restaurant and one of his friends says, hey, if my buddy here can memorize everyone's <laughs> credit card numbers, we get our dinner for free. So I, I won't give that away, but uh, just a little bit of a tease there. Super cool. Uh, I forgot that was in there. Yeah, that's a good little clip. Yeah, yeah, it was very, very funny and interesting too. So there were 10 people, you know, again, credit card numbers, just uh, 100 or 16 uh, digits typically. And then you got 10 people. So 160 digits. And he just had a couple of minutes, uh, you know, four or five minutes to memorize this stuff. And so, uh, again, super interesting, nice little, uh, little party trick there that I'm sure is a server. The server was probably like, yeah, right. Like you know. exactly what it was. And the funny thing was the bill was like, I think over $600. It was one of those nights where we just ordered absolutely everything on the menu you know, <laughs> yeah. and then you're going to split it 10 ways. It's not a big deal, but, yeah. um, for them, he just casually said, yeah, yeah, I'll give you the bill for free. No way you can do that. Then, yeah. Uh, he was like, uh oh, I got to ask my manager. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and it's super interesting because um, even watching during the competitions, um, Nelson, as well as some of the others, uh, you know, some of the techniques they're using and how they do it and, uh, you know, memorizing these numbers and people. And there's one scene where, you know, there's there, there are different people who come up on the stage and they tell you, like, not their life story, but they say, oh, I live here and here's my address and here's the type of my favorite type of food. And I have a pet named this and I drive this kind of car and all this other crap. And then, you know, later on, you have to recall all that. And it was like a spelling bee going back and forth between uh, Nelson and, and, and the other uh, finalists. And so it's really interesting. Like I said, spelling me back and forth. You know, they ask a question, you answer it, you yeah. miss it, you know, you're out. So it was, it was uh, super cool to see that uh, during the U.S. championship. So again, this week talking with Nelson Dellis, uh, four-time U.S. memory champion. Come back after the break on Mr. Biz Radio. Are you looking for ways to streamline your business? If so, Pulse can help. Pulse is a CRM and marketing automation platform with many features, such as email and text message marketing, project boards, quoting and invoicing, and so much more. If you're a franchise, we also have a franchise-specific version with robust franchise management capabilities. Request your demo today at thepulsespot.com. Again, that's thepulse, P-U-L-S-E, spot.com. Check out both of Mr. Business National best-selling books, Pathway to Profits, and How to Be a Cash Flow Pro on Amazon. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. All right, welcome back to the show. And again, uh, I, I haven't even mentioned this one yet, but yet another thing to check out that Nelson's got going on is 
he's got a book called Memory Superpowers. Um, and definitely check that out. Uh, I know it's on Amazon, and you can definitely uh, see more about it on his website at nelsondellis.com. So Nelson, I know this is going to be tight uh, to teach us uh, the, 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 how, to, how to use a memory palace, but uh, if you can, give, kind of walk us through how to do that. Sure. So this technique is thousands of years old. Uh, you know, the Greeks are often attributed to, to having discovered it mentally, um, but there's evidence that it, it appeared in other ancient uh, civilizations in one form or another. But basically it's, it's a, a thought exercise. And if you go through it, it actually helps you remember things better. And it's kind of a trippy thing because you'll see, as I explain it, you'll, you'll, the first thing you'll probably think is, wow, that sounds way more complicated than just memorizing something by repetition or rote, whatever. Um, but if I want, we'll do an example and I want you guys to try it along with me and, and just see how it goes, because um, it's one of these things that you have to do it to really um, see how it works so amazingly. Um, yeah. Anyway, so this, this technique is also what we, what top memory athletes will use in competition to memorize a deck of cards really fast or um, a really long poem or hundreds or thousands of digits of a number. It's all memory palace stuff. So, and there's different names for it. So maybe if you haven't heard that term before, maybe you've heard mind palace or the method, method of loci um, or Roman room method. These are different names for the exact same thing. And basically what it is, is, you know, you take or you imagine uh, a place and back in, back in the day, I guess there were palaces, everybody who was using these were educated and, and up in the higher echelons of society had palaces. Um, but you could take any place. It could be your apartment, whether it's a studio apartment or, you know, uh, the road down your street or your gym, anything that you know pretty well. Um, and by know well, I mean, you, you don't have to memorize it, right? So your house, you just know it. If you were to close your eyes and just walk mentally through your house, no big deal. You, mm -hmm. you know it, you know, because you've walked through it hundreds and hundreds of times. Mm -hmm. um, you can create memory palaces that aren't as familiar, but I think the most effective ones, at least to start, are those. And what you do is you choose a route, a pathway through this space uh, with a starting point and an end point. And along the way, uh, you'll have different stopping points of interest. Like, you know, maybe you're going room by room or maybe you're going by pieces of furniture. It doesn't matter. You get to choose that. But on those different points of interest, those anchor points, you can place imagery, stuff you come up with in your imagination to represent associatively what you're trying to memorize. So if you're trying to memorize a list of grocery items, you know, say there's 10 things on your list before you walk out the door um, you've written them down, but maybe you decide, okay, I'm going to leave them at home and just memorize them. So you could imagine your memory palace that you're going to use for that instance is your house. And what you'd start to do is say, okay, I'm going to start at the front door of my house and find 10 spots along a path that kind of naturally make their way from the door. So maybe the first location is the door. Then you mentally are walking through it. You enter the doorway. The second location could be um, maybe there's like a dresser, you know, right when you walk in your house and that could be the second location. Then maybe you walk into the living room. That's next. There's a sofa. That's the third location. The TV could be the fourth and, and so on and so on. Um, and what you're doing with the list is each item you imagine in a very memorable associative way and you interact it with that location. So 
let's say the first thing on your list is, I don't know, you got to pick up some cheese or something like that, right? Um, so you're at your front door. That's the first location. You'd somehow imagine cheese interacting with your front door or imagine cheese on your front door, right? Like actually there. And, you know, the more out of the norm, fantastical you can make these little <laughs> stories, these little images, the better they'll stick. So, you know, just sprinkling some cheese on your door is already kind of weird, I guess, but you could take it further and, you know, maybe it's a big block of moldy cheese that is actually the sh your door. Your door is made out of moldy, stinky cheese, right? And if you have to enter your house, you have to touch it and open it and it just stinks to high hell, right? <laughs> um, that's bizarre, but it's totally memorable, right? And yes. you continue this process um, with all items around your house. And the idea is that when you get to your destination and you're trying to recall this stuff you're in the grocery store thinking what is my list you say oh i know where it is i put it in my house uh, i go to my front door and boom there's the cheese okay cool first thing i gotta get is cheese and then you walk in your house and there's the next item and so on and what it this technique takes advantage of is that we're really good at remembering first of all imagery um and then secondly spatial information which is what the palace part of it uh takes advantage of so let's let's do a little example. Um, we'll do a very short list, maybe with five items. But like I said, a memory palace is just some location or space that you're familiar with. So the traditional way is to use like a house, like we just talked about. But you could also use your body, right? Mm -hmm. uh, all you need to make it a memory palace is a starting point and an end point, and then a pathway through it. So if we start at the top of our head, that could be the first location, and then maybe make our way down. Uh, to our toes, you can find 10 spots along the way, you know, to store 10 things or 20 spots to store 20 things. Um, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't become, it, rather it becomes, uh, for whatever you're memorizing, it becomes how many memory palace locations do I have rather than, oh, that's too much. I can't memorize it. You can remember whatever you want, just as long as you have enough uh, locations. And people ask me that often, you know, what's the limit that you can store? And it's like, well, <laughs> Uh, technically there is no limit. I could just come up with another memory palace, make it as big as it needs to be. And I can store it there. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's do the example. So let's use the top of our head as the first location of our little mini memory palace. And what I want you guys to imagine is a martini glass. Okay. And I'm just going to keep it simple, but just imagine a martini glass kind of balancing on top of your head. It's filled with vodka and a little olive, maybe, you know, your head swing. So some of it spills down your head a little bit as it um, swishes, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's the first location, first image placed. Now we make our little pathway, let's go down to our ears, okay? Choose either the left or right ear, doesn't matter. And inside your ear, I want you to imagine that there's a red leaf sprouting out of it, okay? And think of like a really rich red kind of uh, fall colored leaf, right? It's maybe a bit dry and, and dying, right? So it's crunchy. And that's kind of stuck in your ear, how, how that might tickle your ear or the sound it might make, right? Kind of, if you, you know, try to bend it or, or, or crunch it, you know? Okay. So then after our ears, maybe let's make our way into our eye socket area and we'll place a hamburger there. Okay. Just imagine taking a, a warm, freshly grilled hamburger with its bun and pressing it into your eye socket. And maybe there's like a tear of grease kind of going down your face as you do that. Next, we'll come to our nostrils. 
And uh, imagine taking two chopsticks and just jamming them up your nostril holes, right? Painful, but uh, again, these uncomfortable, weird images are memorable. Mm -hmm. And then finally, let's come down to our mouth opening and imagine stuffing a soccer ball, full-size soccer ball into there. How weird that would be, how uncomfortable. And so we've just stored five things on our face, right? Just really the top part of our body. On top of our head, we have martini glass. Then in our ear, we had the red red leaf. Then we had in our eye socket, the burger. Then the nostrils, we had chopsticks. And then the mouth, we had a soccer ball. And if I were to say, okay, that's not very interesting, but what if I told you that that represented the largest countries in the world, the top five? So you had martini, that's Russia. The red leaf, that's Canada. The hamburger, that's uh, USA. Chopsticks, China. And soccer ball, this could be debatable, but uh, Brazil. <laughs> Super cool stuff. And I'll tell you guys on the movie. Um, so and Nelson talked about this, too, and he, he cleaned it up a little bit. Uh, you know, the more more vivid you could make it, the more you're going to memorize it on the movie. He used part of his memory palace was Shrek playing a bass guitar in a very, very interesting way. I'll just throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. So, Nelson, look, I, we run out of time, unfortunately, but I really, really, really appreciate you coming on the show. Super good stuff. Again, NelsonDellis.com. Um, climbformemory.org. Go out and check those out. Nelson, thanks so much for coming on the show. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. That was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, have a great week. And don't forget, cash flow is king. This has been Mr. Biz Radio, sponsored by Capital Plus, a division of United Capital Funding Group. Capital Plus is your trusted resource for commercial financing and accounts receivable management. They've been providing working capital to businesses nationally for more than 27 years. Learn more about them at capplus.com forward slash Mr. Biz. Or to schedule a free consultation, call 855-522-3951.